wild start to today. One could say. <laughs> One could say. Um, yeah. Down the ride. It's, uh, this is our second take at this because we got about half an hour in and realized we hated ourselves. We hated what we were talking about and we hated the idea of you guys having to listen to that. So let's just refresh him on what the last 30 has given us. Um, Slay was, Slay cried. Uh, Grace talked about coming to terms with truths for yourself, which we'll get back into because that's actually, I think, the only solid point. Besides maybe realizing sometimes it's hormonal or chemical and it's not actually you. So now that we've previewed what we've worked out in the last 30, let's uh let's get into it. How uh how are you feeling? Um I feel like I just went through a roller coaster of emotions with my friend. Um but yeah, life can life's a trip. Life's a wild ride here and uh we definitely just went through it. We did, and I think what was interesting about that is we were forcing it and forcing it and forcing it, and then finally just kind of looked at each other and we're like, "Mm, yeah, this isn't it. Like, we knew we weren't being authentic. We were basically, at least me, I felt like I was just fucking poor me, poor me, poor me, and I need to have some sort of like accountability with that and there was only so much of my own whining I could take. I like three bitched myself out of that episode. (laughs) Yeah, it was actually kind of quite fucking hilarious. Like if you're ever having a bad day, you should probably tune that recording back on because Soleil would try to make a point to like make herself feel better like after just being a depressed then she just like, okay, like I'm done. And then she'd go back into being a depressed piece of shit and within 20 seconds. And she couldn't get herself out of it. Um, it was Groundhog was Day once again. quite comical from an outside perspective. But nobody deserves to listen to that. Like, nobody needs to hear that. No. And um, so here we are. So we're back. <laughs> uh, we. You were, like, you were like the stand-up comedian that, like, you know when stand-ups just vent about their life basically and they try to make it funny but it's not they're just being like literally runting rambling off about shit in their life like traumatic and they're just trying to like get a laugh out of it and everyone's just like silent and scared that is what you that is the vibe that you were doing i mean i think to an extent i think it was more just like i'm frustrated i'm frustrated sometimes with things that I can't control and trying to rationalize those things and trying to like fixate on fixing them or fixing that emotion instead of just allowing yourself that grace period to move through it or to process it or to break down for that minute that's still hard it is still hard to tell yourself to check out for a second when you're not well when you have things you have to be doing it's just it's anything it's a fucking lesson that you're never done working on yourself and you can always keep getting you know slipping back a couple steps and then getting to step forward two more so there we go Yeah, you know, guys, what we're just saying is every day is a new opportunity, a new blessing, and a new time to grow. And if you're starting your day off with a bad note, you can always make it better. Okay. It might be hard, though. (laughs) Once again, I'm making it depressing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. You need to fucking stop. I do. Soleil, look me in the camera. and I'm fine. Has a knife in her hand. (laughs) I'm fine. Has weed in her hey, hand. Hey, guess what, though? Guess what? what? We've always said this. It's sometimes really okay to not be fine, though. It's so okay to not be okay. <laughs> like, I've genuinely done episodes of this podcast that I've listened back to, and I've been, like, monotone. And I couldn't help it. Like, I was depressed that day, and I did the best that I could. But I know that there's two specific episodes of this podcast where I openly am saying that I'm depressed currently. And I have a monotone voice, like, and it's evident. And you know what? Like, fucking sorry. Like, what the what the fuck? We're just trying to be authentic about it. Like, if you have your period and you feel like a bitch, you can fucking be a bitch, like, in my opinion. But when you're trying to create something for other people, just now it's one hour of just not being a raging cunt. So you can handle it. <laughs> one hour of not being a raging cunt here, and then I have to go to work and bartend. So I'm like... <laughs> 
All right, let's keep this happy train going. Oh, you can't be a cunt there either, damn. No, can't be a cunt there either. I actually have to be the opposite of a cunt. Have to be like... I was a cunt the other day to a table and I didn't give a fuck. Did they deserve it? Yep. Yep. Uh, she looks at me and she goes, I'm going to order the tuna avocado roll as an appetizer. And I was like, fucking got you, girl. And then she was like, oh, I'm also going to do the steak and sushi combination for dinner. And I go, do you want to do two sushi rolls? Because it's the same thing. I was like, are you sure? Do you want to change the sushi roll up? Or maybe you can pick a different steak if you don't want sushi twice. And she was like, oh, yeah, like totally good idea. Too much sushi. Uh, I want to get the New York strip. Right. So then the, the New York table and she just goes but i ordered the steak and sushi and i looked at her and i i dead at no i they were being so difficult all night and i literally looked at her and i go actually like remember when we were having the conversation about how that was too much sushi and how you wanted the new york like i i, I literally was like just i can't i can't entertain this and she looks at me and she, her and her her and her boyfriend just go no that was never said and i was like my jaw dropped and I was like, so you want the steak and sushi and you want the same again? Like, I need to verify that. And she was just like, yeah, I had to come back to the table again. And I was like, so you're telling me right now you want me to put in another order of a tuna avocado roll for you. And she was like, yeah. And their bill was $275 and she left me, they left me 200 in cash on the table. Mm. Love that. Icing on the cake. And then they sat at my yeah, table for an hour and wouldn't get up. Oh, so they camped after? Yeah. After they did that. Um, and next to them was a table doing drugs in the bathroom. And then they would hide under the table. They would hide under the table and then pop up and be like, you didn't see us. <laughs> and I was like, you guys need to go. Do you guys have like an age limit? And my managers like wouldn't a... kick them out. They were probably like 21, 20. One. And they were splitting um they split a salad for three hours. There's always those kind of tables though. Like So I I lost it. I lost it. I lost it. Um and I literally I, I've never I, they were like wrong to their face and I, I did. I was like, you you didn't order that. I've never said that to somebody, but I literally looked at her and I was like, You didn't order that though. You actually ordered the New York strip. Like, I don't give a fuck. You didn't order that. And you want me to bring you another tuna avocado roll? Like I don't even like I understand why you didn't tip me, but like I can't, I can't. I was like, you want? So I literally came back to the table because I was like blown away. I was like, so I'm putting in another tuna avocado roll, correct? Like, like just like, to make like, sure. Because like you know that you just ate a tuna avocado roll, and now so you just came in here for two tuna avocado rolls. Like I'm just so confused. So confused. Why don't you just go do math in the bathroom at the right next table? <laughs> With the rest of my customers. Yeah, the service industry, like, it's interesting now being on the on the bar side. Because um, it's it's an into it's like a totally different experience. Uh, and like, the bar side is more instant gratification than the server side in the sense that if you don't look up and like make eye contact and give someone like a very nice smile within two seconds slash ask them if they need a drink, it's like you literally just killed their dog. And I'm like, I'm pouring a drink for someone else kind of vibes, you know, like the, the there's a lack of patience and a need for alcohol at the bar that I did not expect. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with that statement that you're saying. Um, but at the same point in time at the bar, um, people that sit at the bar, in my opinion, are a lot more chill of people. I don't know. I work in a really bizarre, like, very high money kind of area where, like, our bar regulars, with the exception of a few, because, like, you know, I'm, I'm generalizing, but, like, it's it's not, like, that cool you go into the bar for a bite. It's like, I have to sit at the bar. Okay, let's make everyone's experience awful here. And I'm like, there's a crowded restaurant around you. Like, let's have a good time. Oh, you know damn. Yeah. Oh, I, I, at least from my bartending experience, I, I thought the clientele that would sit at the bar were just usually solo diners that are not that they're just there, like some good, like some have some company around them. No, we've got like a very bizarre, like older gentleman, younger woman kind of demographic or um, yeah, the lonely, the lonely guy that wants to tell you 
how much you mean to him, but then, you know, just the usual. So, so like, should we share the experience that when I came to visit you um, at your work to visit her and I took a walk on the beach and there's this beautiful, like, railroad and train track that runs along the beach and it's just like genuinely stunning it it was one of the most beautiful sunsets and just such a beautiful like classic california beach besides the fact with that comes a lot of wealth and it's a very well an area where soleil is working and with that there's a lot of retired population so a lot of people that i could assume that i was getting retire in del mar california okay um so therefore that comes with a lot of single men um, and they're on the prowl for younger women, let's just say. Um, and they call the people that live in Del Mar call themselves Del Martians, which I think is the corniest shit I've ever heard in my life. And everything in this area, everything in this closes at nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. I got, I sat down for a drink. I sat down for a drink at nine o'clock. And the guy goes, I'm just going to close you out after this. And I thought he was like cutting me off. Like I was drunk or something. I literally was like, I asked the person next to me and I was like, do I seem like, I'm sorry. Like, do I seem off or something? Like he just like told me to close out, like close my tab out. And she was like, oh no, honey. Like this bar just closes at 930. And I was like, you guys just have, you guys just close all your shit here at before 10. It was like a Friday night what the fuck like that's just like like del mar literally clears out though there's no one on the streets past a certain time like we're the latest for food for the most part and then there's like the dive bar across the street kind of vibes where that's like the end up till 2 a.m but it's like there is not a lot to do there so yeah it does clear out and new faces are uh, recognized there yeah they are and it's creepy I was sitting in a waiting for Soleil to come get out of work. And this guy, I end up having a really like interesting conversation. Um, this guy, he's probably like 75. Yeah. So then we were having a beautiful spiritual conversation. Right. And then all of a sudden he goes to me talking about my dad. I was sharing about my, my father at the time. And I was like, he's really blunt. He says things how they are. I really respect that. That's kind of where I've gotten this from. And he goes, so what would, he, what would he say if, uh, if, if you brought me to a family event? And I, I tried to brush it off, but then I was just like, no, I can't. And I look at him and I was like, my dad would be destroyed, dude. My dad would be destroyed if I brought a guy home that was older than him that I'm having sex with. My dad would have a coronary, actually, that I'm fucking an old guy with calls every night. My dad would be destroyed. Thanks for asking, though. So I'm assuming the conversation did not end there. <clears throat> Oh, it kept going and I was like kind of try to make it a joke and then it basically ended with the fact that he or a younger woman and he's looking for a woman like me in his life mm. and he wants to take care of me this 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 and this and I I was like I, I, I don't know what it is about me that is striking you and I'm just talking about how I like being independent and paying for my own things that, that I would want to be married to you or ever need you to pay for my things so I can be miserable for the rest of my life. And then the conversation ended. <laughs> and then I was off work and we left and we went dancing Had the time of our lives. Oh, I love dancing, dude. I love Actually, dancing. I love you know what? Do dancing. we speak about the audacity of that one guy on the dance floor? I was mad. Oh, the guy that tried. Yeah. The guy that tried to put his phone up my skirt. Yes. So Grace and I, you know, she's had this experience or whatever above my work. And, like, Delmar is known for that. It's kind of outside of San Diego. So a lot of the young girls, like, they will go up there to prowl, to hunt, to find a sugar daddy or whatever it is. Because you're not getting recognized necessarily by people you know. You're not in La Jolla, which is just a stop above San Diego. You're one step up above. And you're in a different area. You kind of get that L.A. mix. It's just, it's kind of a weird, there's a lot of money. There's... Uh, racetracks there there's a lot of people coming in and out uh, for like corporate kind of things so it's it's this very like interesting del martian crowd like it is kind of an alien area because it's not super normal california like the california you know and do every day but it's it's like this weird 
almost like is this reality version of California there. Um, so there are a lot of people that are super entitled. And so anyways, like Grace ends up coming back down. We leave my work and we go to the holding company down in OB, which is one of my favorite spots to go uh, dance at. They've always got a really fun DJ. So we get there and we're freaking having the time of our lives. Like I'm in my work clothes. Okay, we're literally. living. We're living. Yeah. Thriving. Some would say l- thriving. Like, this was, like, straight from work. Like, I'm literally in my work sneakers, everything, and we're tearing up the dance floor. So, obviously, like, we're having the time of our lives, and there's people dancing around us, but it's not, like, an aggressive environment, which is why I really like going there and dancing, because everyone is just kind of doing their own thing, and it's just, it's typically just a good experience so it's like yeah let's just go and dance who the fuck cares and then you leave and that's it you had a good night so anyways there's some dude in the crowd and at first he was being kind of cool you know whatever like being respectful in the sense that he was keeping his space and doing his own thing and then he has his phone out and he's fucking recording and he's got it on selfie mode and he's like filming and I'm like, all right, like, yeah, put the girls around you in it like and you seem all cool or whatever. Like, all right, dude. And then as Grace is dancing next to me, homeboy pulls his phone under her skirt and like kind of like tries to flip his phone under her dress to record that. And that's when he makes eye contact with me and I go, no. No, no, no. And you had already danced away. You had, you realized what was happening and we're trying to like remove yourself from the situation. And I was like, is this dude for fucking real right now? So he looks at me and I'm telling him no. And he immediately puts his phone in his pocket and for the rest of the night, never once like got within 10 feet of us kind of thing in a small area. And it was just like, ah, one person can ruin so much. So that was you. You had a good time being preyed on by men in San Diego. It's kind of men are thirsty in San Diego, though. There's a different level of thirst in San Diego. I don't know how to describe it. Interesting. Like the dudes are the dudes are thirsty in San Diego. Like That's it's true. they just are. I get hit on in San Diego more than I do the entire time that I'm, I'm there than in a whole month in LA. So, I mean, I'm it's not like good for your ego. Like, how do, how do you feel about that? I mean, I don't need to be hit on, truthfully. Like, it's inconvenient at the, like, when you're older because at this age, you know you're hot and you know you're a badass bitch. Like, when I was younger, I appreciated it more because, one, I didn't want to pay for drinks because they were expensive because my bag wasn't secured. Two, I didn't actually know how dope i was so i need mm. now i'm just like dude don't even i don't need you to fucking tell like, me i already I'm know that tell smart. me something new tell me this freckle tell is gonna something. give me cancer like i don't know tell me something i want to hear that would be helpful that would be helpful yeah i like that a lot more like if you want to turn me on don't all these cool <laughs> come up and diagnose jock. me in a bar like if you're gonna do anything for me like come up you know grab my hand read my palm and tell me something like don't yeah. don't tell me i'm beautiful i know that i know that come on yeah like show me a video of you mowing the lawn and securing the bed at the corporate office like i don't want to see anything mowing else the corporate office's that. lawn yeah show me that yeah i mean i don't want to see i don't want to see your new car. I don't want to see these things. I don't. I want to. I don't. You don't want to see how many followers they have. You don't want to see that. They do that shit in LA though. Ew. Here's my Instagram. That's like, wow, you're verified. That's so fucking cool, dude. I would hate to be verified. Like, I feel like there's pressure already. Like, I, I even just connecting my gram to the fucking the podcast. Sometimes I'm like, oh my god, anyone can find me. I'm opening myself up for a world of like scrutiny you are yeah it's crazy dude it's crazy when you're young like actually like that you let men's words affect you like it's crazy i can't imagine to affect me at this point unless i love the man like unless i love the man or the guy's my friend like nothing you could say to me would hurt me at this point i can't believe the shit that i've let men say to me that has like actually hurt me it's kind of laughable when you think back at it you're like oh like, this is what I was concerned about. Like, they... <laughs> it's literally laughable. You cheated on me? You cheated on me? I've been cheated on, dude. That's fucking hilarious. Like, fuck off. You cheated too. on me? And, like, when I... Uh, yeah, like, looking back, you like... On. 
but also it's like he seemed like the guy that like would cheat on me like why were you with him like he didn't not give off cheating vibes like he was a cheater and you just didn't whatever we like idolized or thought was you know the norm or the standard or the goal that's that's what we put up with like it, it was more like I feel like it was more based on outward appearance when we were younger versus inward. So like less on the actual dynamics of a relationship, more on how the relationship presented, which allowed you to put up with a lot of things that you wouldn't necessarily put up with if you were still trying to maintain imagery or standings or like social group situation kind of things like. I don't know, there has to be some connection. No, I it's just like one of those things though where it's like that's the beauty of being young and like figuring your finding your footing but at the same point in time you get so hurt when you're young like you're it's just picking up the pieces of just being so fragile and get it geez always an ambulance always a cop car well we talked about that last episode right like if you could go back to your younger self or what was the time that you wish you could go back to your younger self kind of thing like what would you do what would you say and it's like fuck like it's not that serious like it's really not you are gonna laugh about these things later and that sounds so fucking crazy this is how I know like we are growing up is when we're giving that advice that we laughed at which is like none of this shit matters be you like you are the coolest person you can be like individuality over trying to fit in like embrace all your flaws and your quirks and like even saying this out loud right now I'm like reminding myself I've been in my bag all fucking day last two days just been fucking miserable and it's like for what like you're gonna laugh about this next week like straight up for what you are gonna laugh next week but sometimes you know that's that's how humor is formed though in some in some situations you can't laugh and like it's not funny yet you know what mm. i mean and like there's that's still okay. stuff and that's like, like definitely raw and like still conversations with like people from the past that it's like you really like did not yeah there's shit that i can't make funny there's some things that i just me. like that's not funny yeah no. that's not funny there's stuff that was normalized yeah it's funny as fuck but that shit there's some shit that's just not funny that will never be made funny. It's it's and- almost it's almost funny because it's like it's so fucking ridiculous that it was accepted as a norm. Like I think it's more funny like the prepos- like how preposterous it is that like we normalize that if that makes sense. It is. That that's where the humor comes from it that you like like how we make jokes about these red flag bits and like I do these, you know, like I write I do these red flag bits and like it's just those are where the like the that's preposterous like you can never think like that right but in time it's like no you you, you do think like that and and you i do. i've been I with people like where that. it's like yeah but i've been with people that i'm like yo like i want to sit here and shit on them but it wasn't even they were a piece of shit and i just accepted it like they didn't even true identity and that's the thing where it's like they were overtly being a piece of shit they weren't they weren't hiding it well, they just goes- knew i would accept it that goes into our conversation from our unaired episode of lying to yourself about people and just constantly making excuses, even like even consciously making excuses because having to actually put a definitive feeling or emotion towards it is really fucking scary. And like accepting that someone will always be like a piece of shit or something like that. Like, that's that's not that's not a light decision that's not something that you just kind of glaze over or gloss over that's that's stays with you as it should but those are things what like when somebody's a piece of shit in your life it's just like yo thank you because you've taught me strength you've taught me adversity you've taught me things that now i'll never welcome this energy into my life and i'm like literally so blessed for everyone that's been a fucking bag of shit to me because You've made me a strong, independent woman and have found beautiful relationships from you treating me like shit. There's lessons in everything. On that note, let's go into our dating segment. Soleil is dating. Soleil has a boyfriend and that makes one of us. So, Soleil, you're in a new phase. You're in that phase where you don't want to be a complete full bag of shit in front of that person. Um, You know, you want to like harness back your insanity 
because you want him you want him to see a wholesome perspective of you but at the same point in time what do you think is challenging about you know remaining vulnerable but not being too vulnerable um well that's a hard question because I wasn't necessarily um, expecting this to be like a long distance relationship, but that's uh, what it has become. Um, so the guy that I'm seeing that I'm dating that I'm in a relationship with, he travels for work. And so it's like really hard now with scheduling. Like we're on polar opposite schedules. I primarily work weekends like he's off on the weekends during the weekdays like he's starting work at five in the morning and ending at 5 p.m and at, by 5 p.m like I'm bartending or serving kind of vibe so it's it's been hard especially being going through these like highs and lows right now and tapering my meds and just still being a human and a woman and getting my period and figuring shit out and still trying to like put me first and so it's it's been really hard like I'm not gonna lie like not it's it's hard not to like just instinctively like shut down or like wallow because it's one of those kind of like you're, you're frustrated and like so I've found that I have to like communicate a lot and that that's becoming something that I need to work on more especially as I like figure out these highs and lows because the person I'm with is really really cool they're really understanding and they understand like they've experienced mental health with people in their lives so it's not as if this is like their first go with it and for that like I'm I feel like I'm lucky I don't have to be someone's lesson if that makes sense um I don't have to be something that's like scary. It's because they understand that things are chemical um, and that I am still like me. And even when these things are going up and down and my hormones and these chemical imbalances are working themselves out, uh, I've just really had to fucking like communicate. And that's hard. It is hard. But the fact that you're not masking and you're being yourself and I don't know, that's what makes you, that's when, that's when like, honestly, five months from now, like when you can be more unhinged somebody, like that's like the, the true beauty of a relationship when you can start just being more and more yourself and more and more unhinged and like, hey, your next period, maybe you're going to have a fucking mental breakdown on him and a way that I don't fool dude like it's beautiful though like these moments of vulnerability and like feeling just feeling it's, off around the person that you love and it's like what makes it really gnarly too is because of the long distance factor you don't necessarily get like that rebound time to like come out of that funk while you're still with the person or whatever it is um because they're already gone right. so it's like so if you've gotten in like an argument or there's just been tension or like I'm just not you know like whatever it is it's it's harder to not be more upset by those moments because you get so few together um so it's right. kind of like that false expectation of wanting every moment to be a good one and being really scared of the bad ones when in reality like that is life there is a highs and lows and this is just part of like the story right now and it won't always be the story so like that's something else like this isn't like everything changes constantly and that's what I have to keep reminding myself is like I, if there is a flow to it <laughs> you know this there, isn't my life for the rest of my life long distance is fucking hard dude it's so hard especially I, I when don't... you didn't know you were <laughs> getting into that you didn't like... you never are getting into you never really think that you're getting into that you know what I mean like with my ex being with him to in a long distance relationship with him across the country and then living an hour from him. And like, it was just like trash, dude. It just makes like, it just, it just, and, and it is the thing where it's like, it's better than it's better to be with that person because you love them. And like, you know, you can't give up on somebody and give up on something, but you know, you know people, good people that you love are few and far between, but yeah. at the same point in time, you know, like 
at the same point in time, it's just one of those things where what you're saying is so spot on. Like, oh, like the last time we were together, we like had a, had like a like an argument or like we had like, like something that. Like it wasn't that, all sunshine and roses. Like no, not every moment yeah, it wasn't was perfect. us laughing together. Like it was us being but annoyed that's a with each other. <laughs> yeah. And also you get more annoyed and more irritated with the person that you love when you're in a long distance relationship because you want the time that you're together to be perfect. That's what it's not going to be. And like we put all this pressure on long distance relationships to the time that we're together to be immaculate and literally a 10 out of 10 because we don't get to do this as much as we want to. And then it puts this pressure on something that's inhumane. And then you end up like, getting super the amount each other of and ruining the that time. I get when there's just bad cell connection now is like unhinged like you want to talk about unhinged i'm like we have an hour to talk right now it's like our only time to talk today and like the phone's not gonna work and it's like then you're like frustrated over something outwards and you're trying to like not let that get in the way of anything and like still trying to have a conversation it's like fuck like this would be so much easier like if it wasn't like this but that's not how life goes and I think that that's kind of what I'm going through right now is like okay I even like I didn't have an expectation of getting into a relationship but the furthest expectation I ever had was that it would then be long distance so it was like I had like right come back mentally in the form of like I can take on being with someone I'm excited I look forward to it like and then it's like oh plot twist we're gonna send him 10 hours away and see if like you can still work through all this and I am that's the thing it's just not fucking a walk in the park and that's what's hard right now (laughs) because I want it to be a walk in the park and it's not but nothing is nothing in life is easy and like anything it truly anything that's worthwhile though is hard anything worthwhile is gonna be difficult and if this is worthwhile to you it's going to be challenging. Um, it's just going to be. So refraining your mindset and preparing yourself for that is what's key because it's it's not a walk in the park. It's, it's always going to be challenging. And the time that you guys are together, it is a blessing. Um, but it's still not going to be perfect, you know? And if that continuously bothers you, it's always worth a discussion. And like, it's just one of those things where it's like communicate that, tell him that that this is upsetting you. Be open about that and like honest. Um, I found that I wasn't open or honest about that until like halfway into our relationship, where I was like, I actually don't like this. Hey, I actually, I actually don't like this. I'm actually not like all right. I was like, hey, I actually don't like this. It took me like a year. Because it's scary. To be like, oh, because you don't. It's like you don't want things to change, but things have to change. Things have to evolve. And I think that that's like I hit that, you know, we had two weeks together kind of thing between him starting this job and like my work schedule was kind of easy going at the moment. So it was like everything was like that, like honeymoon stage. And then it was like, bam, here's reality. And I was like, oh, fuck, not ready for that. But I have to be like you. Reality comes in at any minute. Like if you don't live in it, like I don't. (laughs) Hey, I know when you actually have to like step into reality and you're like, like, fuck, fuck. I don't like it here. I don't like it here. Let me back into Slay's world. Like, come on, it's cold out here. I don't like reality. That's why I'm talking to my ex. <laughs> Thinking it's okay. But it, maybe it is okay. May, that's your reality. That like, I, You know, I keep telling my boyfriend, I'm like, whenever, like, one of us is kind of feeling it, the other one, like, reminds, like, hey, it's just part of the story. Like, it's just, there's no right or wrong way. Like, it's just, we're making our own rules. Like, oh, God. Hey, well. On a funny note, last night when I was going out, like one of my guy friends, he's like one of my guy friends out here. Um, and we kind of just told each other, like we kind of like had it for each other, right? We like definitely are attracted to each other. Um, but then it was just very much noted that we are just friends. Like I, it was very much noted. And he kept like grabbing me and pulling me in and trying to kiss my on the cheek last night. I go, hey, friends don't do that. I had to keep being like, friends literally don't just kiss. Like we just don't do that. And he kept just being, oh, yeah, yeah like, right, like, friends don't do that yeah 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 um 
And then we were leaving and he was like, friends like don't leave together either. And I'm like, no, they don't. You're going to get a different Uber. Yeah. They friends don't do that. Um, so then I had him a different Uber to home. And then he called me later and I was like, Hey, friends don't also call each other at three 30 in the morning. Like men are so wild. Like you have to remind them 18 times. I don't think he wants to be your friend is what I'm getting from that. He just wants to fuck, dude. But he does want to be my friend. Like, he wants he, to be a friend that it. fucks. Like, he wants yeah, to be a fucking friend. Both. No, well, yeah, he yeah. wants to be a fucking. Not friend. in my world, you can't. It doesn't work yeah, that we're way not, for me. We're not doing that. Um, I don't think I'd work well in the polyamorous. I'm so celibate. Community. Oh, I'm beyond. The, I'm the celibate queen at this point in time. So, I am too. I have a long distance relationship. Your body just like do what you want it to do. <laughs> I think that's, is that the moral of the episode? Like, we are still trying to learn our bodies, and it's just, we're never, it's never going to go as we hope it is. <laughs> if you need a recap, Grace ate a bagel with dairy, um, and she did just have to go uh, vomit. So while I feel as someone that's recovering from an eating disorder, specifically bulimia, I shouldn't talk about throwing up as much as I do. I was thinking about that last episode when I puked in the middle. I was like, this just doesn't look good. Um, but here oh, we are. Well, just IBS hot girl. Prom. I've never struggled with that. I've never struggled with that. Um, but I do puke a lot. <laughs> Food I eat. Um, it makes me like I have like a nobody fucking cares but i don't know like i, I kind of am blessed in my body that something that i know that's not meant to be in it my body just regurgitates it like i'm not even joking my body's like absolutely not get that out of here you played yourself so i mean i'll probably feel better like truthfully and in like an hour from now because at least my body's trying to help me by getting it out of me than just sitting there all day you know what i mean yeah. some people are like okay, are you one of those people that is terrified to puke I just said I'm I used to be bulimic. Okay, so funny. Okay, yes, <laughs> my bad. So yeah. Um oh my god, me and puke. Mm, I'm such a cringy girl. You and puke were actually soul sisters for a while. I was the um, queen of trig pulling. <laughs> yeah, you literally love to puke. Um besides the fact, um there's so many people I know that are literally terrified to puke. Not me. Like they'll just sit, they'll just sit in their nausea and sit and just be uncomfortable for hours, opposed to puke. No, and see, so that's actually it's okay. That's kind of interesting about ha being someone with or recovering from an eating disorder, especially bulimia. Is I do have like a pretty sensitive stomach. Like when I went to Thailand, my doctor knew to prescribe me some backup meds because he was like, "Hey." might be rough for you over there so like my body much like yours uh turns shit out pretty quickly depending on uh if it likes it or not um fuck where was i going with this i don't oh, know so i was gonna say so ask like so then when you get over the bulimia stage but then you're out drinking or something if you drink too much and you throw up like there's a weird kind of thought process then behind it where it's like you have to kind of forgive yourself in a way that like you don't necessarily want to like you shouldn't like be forgiving yourself for getting so drunk that you're throwing up but you have to be like this was done because you were drunk not because you were self-loathing and like trying to punish yourself like does that make sense like you have to separate no, it, it in does. your head once you have an eating disorder like much as like when I would go through restricting phases like even now sometimes it's like and I don't should we give a trigger warning for this I don't I don't know if this is this is me like talking candidly, so I don't know if stuff like this would trigger other people. Um, so consider this a trigger warning for binging and restricting, I guess you could say. Um, but it's not going to trigger this girl, but that's okay. <laughs> days, days when you're not necessarily hungry when you wake up, or you know, there's just times of the day where you should be eating and like you're just not eating. Then it's like, am I doing this because I've somehow internalized something, or like, am I genuinely not hungry? Like listening right. to your body's cues becomes a lot harder when you're trying to break down old rules and restrictions for yourself versus healthy methods of listening to your body um 
And that's something that I don't know if I've talked about in this form of like recovery is like then being okay with not always still like doing the healthiest uh, it's not like doing the healthiest thing but it's like they're on days where i'm not You're just hungry. trying to watch yourself yeah dude. i'm not you gonna force to be, myself um, aware like yeah it's because it, you're healing it's the awareness and it's almost like a hyper awareness where i have to sometimes be like you need to pretend you're normal and never had an eating disorder because you wouldn't be freaking out over this does that make sense like, right but also i completely agree with that but also your thing because there could be a time where you are you are picking up on those tendencies of your eating disorder because those things stay with you. You know, you're always in recovery. Mm. Like there's periods of time where like I'm monotone for an entire three days and I'm just like, Oh, like I can't just pretend sometimes that I wasn't cause I was. So it's like, I can't ignore that. I was just genuinely didn't feel anything for three days. Do you know what I mean? That it's like the fact that you every day kind of do would be like, Oh, I, I'm not hungry right now, but I should eat. Hey, acknowledge that though you know like you're not doing the wrong thing and, and truthfully, like granted like when you have mental illness guess what yeah. your life's harder like your life's harder and you have more shit that you got to deal with and the like, fact that every day you're like oh should have eaten that maybe i shouldn't have eaten that like i gotta separate this and this yeah you do and you're gonna do that forever and like uh, that's the shitty thing about mental illness let's get better like that's the thing like with time everything gets better and that's the beautiful part of it though because if you stay on top of your shit like you are you, your recovery is better sure you'll have to think about it forever but it's it's shaves the time off you know maybe God, you're only I wish gonna I think about it my week. eating disorder in like my 50s sucks to have to like be hyper aware of things in your 20s hey but Ugh. your eating disorder also made you like a better person and it made this podcast so straight up your eating disorder your eating disorder made you a better person All right, here's the trigger warnings. Trigger warnings are for Grace. <laughs> I actually just peaked my whole bagel sandwich up. Yeah, I know. You're you're not feeling well, and I do have to run to work. So this may be our shortest episode ever, but I'm feeling better about it. I feel like I worked through a lot, and I also shared a lot of stuff that's um, been a part of the last couple months of my life or the last month of my life that I haven't talked about before openly. So for that, thank you to this audience. No, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Do you know how many other people like can relate on what you're feeling? You know what I mean? Like, I think the easy answer to that is yes. Um, like, yeah, this could obviously talk to a lot of people, but I think still like in my meanness it's like this is just who I am this is my story like I want to share it and hopefully people can learn from it I think that's the difference is like I never think that people can relate to it but I think that people can learn from it if if I I don't and I don't know if that makes like if that it does make sense but I also to say that you are relatable like you're you're not your your situation is unique to you but Mm people can relate your situation to their own lives. Like nobody specifically had the same stemming from the same thing as you. Cause we do get caught up just being like, you know, we, we devaluate our circumstance sometimes. Like, at least for me, it's the opposite for me where I'm like, Oh, everybody has like this problem with their family and, and I'm not special and I have no right to be depressed because I had a difficult upbringing. Um, and that's not helpful. You know what I mean? But my yeah. situation, is unique and like it no you haven't nobody has gone through specifically what i have gone through but i can promise you a lot of people can relate to what i've gone through like i I promise you people people can always relate to you and like that's what's like the point of sharing it you're sharing it people can try to put themselves into your circumstance to understand because hearing it and normalizing it like nobody's talking about eating disorders a lot right nobody's talking about suicide a lot but just to hear it after hearing somebody talk about like their mental health issues or, you know, how they are doing better from it, it always carry myself with a different footing. Like, oh, I'm not the only one that feels this way because every day we wake up just feeling like we're the only ones that feel like a piece of shit. Like, no, <laughs> like promise you at any point in the day, somebody is going to be like, I'm a piece of shit and I don't know why I feel this way. You, you know, know what, what I, I was, mean? Like, I was just thinking about, you know how they are always like, oh, it's your friend that you never <laughs> expect kind of thing. And it's like, oh, fuck, we're the friends you never expected. We're the ones that can go about, you know, or at least like I do, like in that sense of like, 
you know, flip it on yourself. Like we mask all the time that we're not feeling these things on this podcast is the only time that we're blatantly putting it out there kind of thing. Like, otherwise, these these are the ugly things that we are still kind of pretending that, like, aren't a part of us or that we don't get to show on a regular basis because people don't necessarily like hearing about it. People don't necessarily like hearing about bulimia and eating disorders and suicide and anxiety and depression because those are heavy fucking words. But I dig it and not in a morbid sense, but in a sense of relating to people and relating to everyone else around you and understanding that you're not alone and I think that if there's anything anyone can take away from today's episode it's one you're not alone two Grace and I are still in the thick of it thickly thickly in the thick of it and three we're okay with being in the thick of the thickety thicket of it we're dumb thick baddies sorry (laughs) dumb thick baddies and for uh, the most important one, it's chemical and it's hormonal and it's not necessarily you. It's a part of you, but it's not you. So if there's anything you can take away from today's episode, please remember that it's just a wave and you're going to ride it out much like we are. So I think I have to go to work, unfortunately. Um and Grace, you may have to go throw up again. I hope that that was the last uh, one, but I'm not feeling like it is. That was a large sandwich well, full of just cream. <laughs> and then there was like a mayo on top. It was one of these things. I don't know if anyone else can relate mm-hmm. to this, but when you say your order and then they fuck it up and you can't tell them to fix it. Like, I can't do it, dude. I fucking, and now look at me. I'm the customer that all I, I actually have a reason to be like, oh, I can't have dairy. Like, can you please fix this? And I just that I'm gonna literally projectile because I couldn't look at the, the nice guy that handed me my sandwich he was so wholesome he's like have a great day because I was saying I've never been here before and he was like and I was like I lived on the street and he was just like so excited to hand me my sandwich and it was just a sandwich full of fucking cream the eggs were like whipped in cream and there was like cheese in it and then there was like a, a mayo on top of it like it was just like a did he give you the wrong sandwich no I don't know maybe maybe I checked no dairy because like you you do it yourself like he didn't even put it in like give me the wrong sandwich I don't know dude the guy that wanted all that dairy and then ended up getting the one that doesn't I just I don't know dude he's probably feeling great honestly he's probably just tackling his day right now it was a dairy witch is what it was like there's nothing else to it not dragged down by lactose fuck it's destroying me it happens it's destroying her, but it'll destroy me if I lose this job for being late. So we are going to wrap it up, you guys. Thanks for uh, sticking with us as usual. Um, Maybe this is why we haven't gone viral or maybe this is why we will go viral because we talk about shit that isn't always fun to listen to. And we try to deliver it in such a lighthearted way. Um, So therapy note, we got anything? Um, yeah, here, my therapy note is I'm going to be, you're going what back to therapy. You're going back to therapy. That's a good one. Yeah, I need it again. Um, and this is actually, this is my call call in to anyone that needs to go to therapy. Like just do it. I just, part of me that I was like, Oh, I don't really want to take the time and the money. And I was like, I said that, like, I was literally thinking that I was like, you're a fucking bitch. Like you tell people to get a therapist all the time. Like, what are you talking about? Practice. I feel really preach. like, yeah, I've just been kind of like feeling kind of depressed a bit recently more than usual. And I have a lot of life changes that I know are coming up in the next month that I just want to be on top of. And that's just like being a smart hot girl. Um, so just I'm going to be a hot girl that has yourself. a th- yeah, and I'm just trying to be one step ahead of my mental health and being too late to it. You know, that could cost me a lot of things, like being too late to the game. Um, and I and I, I've been too late to the game many times in my life, and I, I just want to be one step ahead. So I'm going to go back to therapy again. Well, I love that for you, and I look forward to learning some new therapy facts from you as you jump back into therapy. Um, you know me, still in the thickety thick of it. 
with my therapist. I love Deb. Um, I'm meeting with her next week, but this therapy note, and it's what I said earlier, it's something I've been resonating with a lot lately. My dad did a check-in on me the other day, bless him, and we were just bullshitting and had a great conversation, and then I started talking about uh, tapering down my antidepressants, and I'm about halfway of the dose now, and just how it feels as if I'm finally waking up from a fog like I have like my engine my my engine's running again it's not just idling like it's it's full-blown and it's something that you can't really explain to people unless they've come down off antidepressants or gone you know on some sort of SSRI kind of thing of like getting back that momentum almost in your own life where you go from feeling like while still present passive and now it's like I'm present and engaged and so my dad he's the one that was like you have to remember it's gonna you're gonna keep having highs and lows and you're gonna get lower before you get higher every single time like that's just how it goes and he's like that's where he reminded me this is chemical right now you just helped out your system for a year and a half now your chemicals have to kind of get back up to where they should be and there's gonna be some you know some going back and forth and it's it's gonna be like you said ugly before it's pretty but you're still doing everything and you're still participating in everything and you're still trying to keep working towards being better and so if you just keep putting you first and knowing you got you then all of this is just going to keep being a part of your story and it's not going to be like a defining you know nothing's going to change you're just going to keep adapting and evolving so on that note you guys rock with us on social media i'm at fbg soleil grace is at gracie.macchiota we are at you down to ride and hey you never know what to expect but always expect something from us so (laughs) here we are and we can't wait to see you guys in two weeks uh connect with us talk to us do you like us do you love us what do you what do you want to what do you want to hear so that's all for me guys please share this with some people share this with a friend share it with an aunt share it with a loved one share it with somebody that you fucking care uh because we care about you we love you and you're not alone in whatever way that you're failing and let yourself know to validate it today um yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go wallow in this feeling of shit that i'm feeling um but hey i'll be better in a few hours so there's always that okay love you guys uh thanks for riding with us tune in share um follow me on instagram follow me on social media or don't i really don't give a fuck um but yeah have a great rest of your day peace peace